This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome, everybody. Episode number 292 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I am interviewing Mr. Steve Patterson from Philadelphia, or at least that's where his business is located. It's called Your Home in Philly. Uh, the abbreviation is your hip, your hip. And uh, Steve has done an amazing job. He has a 4.9 rating on Google reviews. He's been in the hospitality industry for 30 years, and he's won an award for the best place for a weekend getaway in Philadelphia. So we want to know how Steve did all this awesome stuff. Steve, welcome to the show. Good morning, Jasper. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, it all started right around when Airbnb started. I was actually living in the city of Philadelphia and I wanted to move out to the suburbs, but I was locked into a lease and, um, you know, I could either pay those termination fees or I could try and rent my place on Airbnb and um, just try. Back then, I just didn't want to lose money. That was the objective to try and fulfill my commitment of having a lease without losing money. And uh, I figured I did some equations and I figured out if I could rent it out every weekend and one day during, one or two days during the week, just once a month, that um, that would do it. So um, so that's what happened. And then um, I've always been passionate about service. Uh, ever since I was a child, uh, I grew up in England and uh, we were, my parents were in the hospitality industry. They owned a hotel and a restaurant. And uh, at the age of 18, I came over to uh, America, went to Disney World and experienced all that and was just in awe at the level of service that uh, the American culture could provide, certainly much more than I was used to back home. So I was kind of hooked on America at that point. And when I was renting out my Airbnb, I, I would think, you know, why would people rent from me? What made me different from all the other hundred and now thousands of listings in Philadelphia? And um, I thought, well, you know, one way to differentiate myself would be with service. And so that's kind of where it all started, really, Jasper, is just uh, trying to differentiate myself and being passionate about what we do. That's awesome, you know. And I was going to ask you, you know, I haven't been to Philadelphia so I don't really know what a Philadelphian accent sounds like, but um, I wasn't sure if, uh, if your accent was an original one from uh, Philadelphia. It's probably a hodgepodge of uh, Philadelphia now for 19 years and uh, UK where my roots are, I'm sure. Awesome. Well, that sounds really interesting. You're focusing very much on the service. So how do you actually provide a better service than your competitors? 
Yeah, and it was quite a journey, uh, Jasper. Um, in the beginning, we were doing really, really well on reviews for things like Expedia and VRBO. But, you know, we were getting lots of five-star reviews from them. But with the Airbnb clientele, I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And I wasn't able to get to super host status. And it really became a personal vendetta that I had with myself as to why I couldn't get to superhost status. And um, I went to a couple of years ago to the LA Airbnb conference. And when I paid my money to attend, I thought, what do I want out of this? And the answer was, I wanted to learn how to become a superhost. And I was always getting, you know, 4.7s, but never the minimum 4.8 that you needed back then. And so I was on this, uh, the LA conference, and in the beginning, the first day, I didn't really get it. I thought that I was already doing everything that they were saying. And I was like, I was beginning to think it was not going to be a valuable use of my time. And then I started listening to all the speakers, and I started questioning myself that, why are all these speakers here? They know nothing about Airbnb or this world that we're in. But then it dawned on me that they all had this amazing passion for what they did, and they truly cared about what they did. And I, I remember the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and she was saying she would purposefully get personal with the taxi drivers and the people that would drive her around and really ask them about their lives. And at the end of that conference, I considered our company back then as a company that put heads on beds and a roof over somebody's head for however long they were staying. And then when I left that conference, I vowed to change the company's vision direction from putting roofs over people's heads, to creating memories and stirring emotions. And it was really from that author and some of the other speakers uh, learning about their passion and how much they cared about what they did that was really the catalyst for fueling that. So as soon as I got home, I said to my team, we've got to find out what is bringing our guests to Philadelphia and we have to personalize the stay around that. So if it's a wedding, a birthday, conference, whatever the case may be, we have to personalize that stay and we have to create emotions and stir memories. So yeah, that was it really. And then pretty much the next quarter, we became super hosts and super hosts ever since. And that sort of fulfilled my commitment to myself at that point. And uh, we, we just keep on, on going. In fact, we're going to take it to the next level. And we're now going to introduce butlers to really get personal with our guests. They're not going to be butlers in the English sense of iron in newspapers, but they're going to be there for the guests and really deliver a personal service. That's an awesome story, man. And I can really relate to that because when I started hosting an Airbnb, on Airbnb in 2012, you know, I was in Amsterdam and I was really curious about this Airbnb thing. I'd never really heard about it and not a lot of people knew about this. And back then it was just a very like 
strange idea to have like random people from the internet in your in your home, right? But yeah. uh, I was really excited to like to meet these people, uh, and I was curious. I was like, who are these people? Right? Well, what are they here for? What are what are they going to do? What do they like? And so I would ask them a lot of questions, and uh, based on those questions, I, I would give them individual feedback. I would meet all my guests at the house. I would take them out for coffee, and I I would really you know get to know them a bit. And that was purely out of out of interest. You know, I wasn't doing that to get five star reviews or anything like that. Uh, I was just curious, and as a result, I got like really really good reviews in the first couple of months, even though my offering wasn't really that great. I had no idea how to be a good host. I, I had no idea about like what kind of amenities do people need. I literally was like, okay, uh, I have this apartment. Let's put it on Airbnb and see what happens, right? So I remember the first group of guests that I had was, uh, was a, a group of girls. And the first thing they asked me was like, hey, where's the hairdryer? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just, you know, after I take a shower and after 10 minutes or something, my hair kind of dries automatically. So, <laughs> but apparently <laughs> that's right. That doesn't really work for, uh, work, work for them. <laughs> so, you know, I ran to the shop and bought, bought a hair dryer. But there was like lots of things that weren't, weren't good. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have enough towels. Like my house was just not ready for, or prepared. I wasn't prepared to receive guests really. Uh, at the time, I didn't realize that now with everything that we know about Airbnb hosting and all the education that's there now, everybody kind of understands, you know, what, what this whole thing is about. But back then, uh, it wasn't. But the, um, the interesting thing was, after a couple of months, I started traveling. And so I would sit on the beach in Thailand or something, and I had uh, educated my cleaning person, and she became the, the manager of my unit. And you know, even though she was doing a really good job, you know, I kind of lost that interest a little bit in my guests because I kind of like, you know, I, I got the idea and I, I did it for two months, like meeting all the guests and everything. And so now I kind of re- focused on automation, you know, I was just trying to make sure that I wasn't spending too much money messaging and, you know, just trying to streamline the whole business. And uh, immediately my reviews started dropping. Immediately I, was, I, was, I started to get like four star, three star reviews. And people were complaining about things that people didn't used to complain about when I first started and I was still meeting my, my guests. And that was really weird because my offering had actually improved. You know, I made, I made a lot of improvements based on the feedback. But now suddenly guests were starting to complain about minor things and give me like four-star reviews. And that's when I realized it's all about the guest relation, right? It's all about just showing your guests that you care, taking the time to get to know them, you know, building that relationship. Because if you build a relationship, then guests can be very forgiving. But if they have no idea who you are, then, you know, a small thing happens and boom, you get a four star. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think the, the key thing you said there was show people that you care, not just show them, demonstrate it, live it, that you care about them. We live now in a world where people expect excellence. Excellence is actually normal. And anything less than that is just not acceptable and you'll get dinged for it. But people are still... You know, it goes back to those olden days when your mum used to say, write a handwritten thank you card or, or something like that to somebody, to your nan who gave you, a, a, you know, $5 for your birthday. And you used to like probably think, you know, why do I have to do this? But the little things make such a big difference, especially in a world 
where we've become sort of disconnected and relying on texting and emails and things like that. So, yeah, if you can show them you care, they'll forgive you on all the little stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I started traveling, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to really create that, uh, that personal experience to really build that relationship with the guest. And so what I started doing was I, I thought about, like, how do I build a relationship when I can't meet my guests? Right. And so I started sending them video messages, like audio messages, like call them on the phone. And as soon as I started doing that, uh, my ratings went back up. Yeah. And that's been quite a bit of a bone of contention for us. You know, we've now got 80 units in Philadelphia and we're not able to personally be there for every guest. So we have to find ways of letting them know that we're still there, that we're thinking about them. And how we do it is probably working behind the scenes. And before they even arrive, we, we try and personalize that stay for them. So that the moment they're, let's say it's their birthday, and uh, the moment they arrive, they've seen that we've already been in the home and we've put a little helium balloon with happy birthday on it. Um, it just shows that to them that they know we've been there, even though we didn't meet them personally and that uh, they're, they're sort of taken aback by it. And at the end of the day, what does it cost us? Like a buck or two for a balloon? It's really inexpensive, but the message is, is just carried out. And I think that's how we've managed to maintain a, a 4.9 rating on Google with uh, a few hundred reviews and won a few awards as well, just, just because of that. And coincidentally, we've won a bunch of business through it because our reputation has now created that snowball effect. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. And you know, these days there, there's a couple uh, tools out there that uh, people can use. If you, if you are remote hosting or if you're like yourself, like you have 80 listings, like there's no way you can personally check everybody in, right? Have you heard about uh, this tool called Loom? I ha you know what? Um, a good friend of ours down in LA actually mentioned that to me, and it was. I've used it a lot. It's been very, very helpful when you're trying to streamline your operations when you scale, and you're trying to ultimately you want to have a better quality of life for yourself as well, not work a hundred hours a week. And to do that, you need processes, and. Loom is a great tool to develop those processes, as you mentioned, Jasper, because it's a video of yourself doing a task. Maybe you're, you know, entering a reservation or, you know, you're just doing something and it's a way of recording that event. You then save it to the cloud and you can send a link to your team and they can then see what you did and, and copy it. And not only that, but let's say that team member leaves, you don't have to recreate the learning process with the next person. You can just say, hey, watch this Loom video, and they can teach themselves. Absolutely, and, and, and so you can, so Loom is, is mostly used for that, right? But you can also record yourself and send us a quick welcome video to your guests. Yeah. Yeah, great idea. We, we actually haven't done that, but I, I love that. That's a great idea. And you can give them tips and you know, tell them much more than you could in an email. Great idea.
Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, it's videos is much more personal. Eh? And another tool that I like is called Boom Boom. And that allows you to really easily record videos and implement those in email. So that's another thing that, uh, that you can do to, uh, to just quickly send a welcome uh, video to, to guests. Awesome. And what else do you use, Jasper? What else have you found? I mean, another thing that I use that tends to work really well is WhatsApp. And what I, what I really love about WhatsApp is that, you know, obviously you can record voice messages, you can record video, you can get on a video call, um, but also it has the feature where you can create a group. And uh, of course you know this because we had our own uh, SDR Legends WhatsApp group. Actually, we still have it uh, with all the SDR Legends uh, from the SDR Legends Live in Puerto Rico a couple months ago. And so this group feature is amazing because, you know, I'll add myself I'll add the manager of my apartment and I'll add the guest. And so the three of us can then communicate. So I know what, I, I, I can exa see exactly the communication that goes between my manager and the Airbnb guest. I can jump in there if I think I need to provide more information. I can, you know, I'll, I'll send, I'll send a, a selfie of myself wherever I'm, I'm traveling and then, you know, just say hi. And, and when you do that, like the guest typically starts, uh, starts engaging as well. I think that's a great way to, build a relationship, but at the same time, it's a very efficient tool to use. Yeah, yeah. And talking about that short-term uh, Legends group that we went on, I just got to say that I've never been, I've been to many conferences and different events. I've never been to one where after the event is finished, that the dialogue between your peers continues and you continue to learn uh, from others and, and have that group uh, sort of family feeling. So if anyone else is out there, I know you guys are going to do another one soon. Just highly recommend it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're, uh, we're working hard on uh, behind the scenes on, uh, on organizing the next, uh, the next two events, actually. So we'll, uh, I'll make sure to share updates on that on this uh, on this podcast um let's go back to you know how do you create an outstanding experience how do you create that really high level of of service uh you mentioned uh, the the birthday balloon which i think is is so true what what are other things that people can do to really like you know to really increase that experience um, i'm thinking about something that i sometimes do is you know i can't leave a handwritten note and a handwritten note is something really special because who still writes letters? Who still writes an actual letter or a note with a pen like and, and paper? You know what I mean? Like these days, it is just so incredibly rare. But if you're remote, then obviously you can't do that. But what you can do is you can write a handwritten note and then take a picture and then send that to the guest. We're lucky that we actually have people on the ground. It's been one of the reasons, actually, why we haven't expanded into other cities. And, you know, all the time we get uh, people asking us, hey, are you in New York or are you in DC? And, and we're not. And I feel it's a barrier for me because I feel like you're, you're only as good as your service recovery. You're only as good as the people that are around you and working with you. And so that's one thing that I've got to master but I do have people on the ground, so we, we are able to deliver those handwritten notes, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's such a big deal, and, and just learning about them. And, um, you know, some people, 
especially me, if you try to, if you were a host and you try to learn about me, you might actually lose me because I'm a little introverted in that way. And I'd probably be like, you know, none of your business or something like that. But I think if you listen carefully to people and maybe give them a reason to open up, then they will open up. I, I think you've got to give more of yourself in order for people to then want to open up towards you. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's so true. You know, you got to move first and in order for people to follow. And um, I think another good point that you mentioned is, you know, you got to get a feel for how much do people really want to interact as well, right? I mean, and you can, I think you can get that feeling like pretty quickly, but it's just based on how much people invest in the conversation. People invest a lot, then I typically just, you know, just push the interaction, you know, as, as far as I can take it because I, I can tell that the person actually enjoys getting to know me as well, you know? But sometimes you get these short responses and then it's pretty clear, okay, this person probably doesn't really want me to like call them and get on a video chat and, and, and stuff like that. So I think that's a really good point, um, you know, getting a feeling for how much interaction the guest is actually looking for. Hosts are always asking, how can I make my place stand out when there's a ton of competition nearby? The answer is service level. When your guests can tell that you've invested in making sure their experience is great, they're more likely to give you a better review and rating. This is how you can differentiate yourself. One way that you can show how much you care is with a Hostfully digital guidebook. Include all the important details that make your property and location unique. Make your place stand out with high-quality service. To try our platform, visit Hostfully.com. The first guidebook is free, and if you like it, you can always upgrade for more features. Another thing that uh, that I think is useful is, um, you know, I always read the profile of the guest, and I try to get an idea of, you know, who is this person and what what is this person into? Because sometimes you can find commonalities. And when you start talking about commonalities, that's when, you know, the, the relationship can really kind of take off, right? So, you know, for example, one thing that's really easy is like, I've traveled to 90 countries. So pretty much every guest that I that I get is from a country where I've been. Right. And so that's always a really easy way for me to open up the conversation a bit and say, like, hey, I see you're from, uh, you know, from the Philippines. Well, that's great. Like my favorite place in the Philippines is actually this little island called Chargao. And then, you know, I went there twice and I had an incredible time there, you know, something like that. And that tends to really open up the conversation. And it also people really appreciate appreciate it when you know a little bit about their country. So for me, that's kind of like an easy way because I've traveled a lot, but, but you can also look at, Hey, what, you know, what do these people enjoy? What are their hobbies? Like often there's some information on the profile or, you know, you can ask them like what they planning to do in your city and that can give you clues as well. Yeah. Again, it, it all goes down to connecting with your guest and yeah, li listening to those cues, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or, or they're too rushed and they don't have time, but you can still work behind the scenes so that when they do eventually check in or what have you, that uh, they can see that you've taken uh, care or attention to them. And sometimes we get high profile guests. You know, we, we're currently hosting an actor and uh, you're able, a lot of actors or high profile folks, they've had a bunch of interviews and they've already shared what they like 
and they're easy targets because you know their favorite ice cream and you can you know go ahead and put it in the freezer already and they're, they're just blown away that how did you know but all it was it was just a, a recording from a previous uh, interview just whatever tools are out there for you be creative have fun with it as well um after all if you're not having fun doing it then there's no point doing it I can also imagine some people might be a bit freaked out, you know, they, they, they <laughs> like stalker. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "How did you know? <laughs> How do you know?" Scream! <laughs> <laughs> We're watching you. <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. It can it can go too far if you're not careful. For sure. <laughs> so you're you're up to eighty units. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Uh, how did you How did you scale that business? Yeah, we've probably restructured the company at least half a dozen times. I feel like every time you grow 10 or 12 units, you have to restructure. I remember used to, for my plates and glassware, just going to uh, Walmart or something like that and, and buying them. But then invariably one or two would break, need replacing. And guess what? They don't make that particular brand anymore and now you've got a mismatched set which just doesn't look professional so you have to standardize and get the same have to go with a company that will pretty much guarantee that they're not going to go out of stock but when that happens you also pay more money for the product as well so you're now paying more but at least you've got that safety and then using the tools that are out there and Here's one of the things that, that I sort of learned with the, the tools out there. Everybody promises that their tool is the best and can do X, Y, and Z. And then sometimes, especially when there's technology involved, you put it in and it's unreliable and it's not doing the job that it was promised. A great example would be I bought you know, 50 locks uh, when I was around 50 units and they were all going to be these Wi-Fi enabled electronic locks. And they worked great for a couple of months, and then they started having issues. And then to try and fix the issue, the company put some sort of patch in place, and all the locks stopped working. And it was just a disaster, and I had to pull them all out. And it took me a while to recover from that and to find another partner. But for a while there, it's pretty brutal. So definitely do you... You know, you need technology, no question about it. You have to do it, but do your homework in terms of finding out how reliable they are and just don't take their word for it. But uh, technology is the way to go for scaling. Also, um, getting some VAs and some assistance, uh, VA virtual assistance from, you know, country like the Philippines, which they have an amazing work ethic. They're so polite and friendly. And they speak great English as well. Just get lots of resources and help. And then just slowly, don't be in a rush to do it. But when you think there's the demand there, look for opportunities, take on more inventory, and uh, and just keep on going. Now, you were at the SCR Legends uh, event back in Puerto Rico, together with about 20 other uh, large uh, property managers and short-term rental operators. What are, what are some things that you've learned and that you're implementing right now in your business? So a few huge takeaways were that I used to work, and probably still do in the short term, work 80 to 100 hours a week. 
And I just thought it was a price that I had to pay for owning my own business was that I had to work these hours. I had to be there every time if the phone rings, I had to, you know, answer it. Of course, I had staff, but they had regular hours. I didn't have 24-hour round-the-clock coverage. So if a guest called at, say, 8 or 9 o'clock at night, I would be the one that answered it. And uh, my ears pricked up pretty quickly when I heard that one of our hosts only worked about six hours a week. And I'm like, what? And it's just with processes and things like that. So one of my takeaways from that event was that I have to put more processes in place and I have to put more responsibilities on my team. And uh, in the short term, it's meant that I actually am working more because it takes time to put process in place. But it's a good return on investment because I'm looking forward to the day where, for example, just this week, I'll be rolling out uh, phone coverage 24 hours a day where I won't be picking up the phone. And so I am so excited that I might get to eat some dinner with my family without getting disturbed. So that was a big takeaway. And then the other takeaway was I was spending about $1.4 million a year on rent. And it was eating away at me for the last couple of years that, you know, just like renting a house or renting anything, you're not growing any equity. And so it was always on my mind that I should be buying at least a couple of properties. So I had, I was building towards some equity. And uh, in talking with the group, I, I came away with some, uh, some peace in my heart that, yes, I still needed to do that, but not to be in such a rush because of where the economy is right now. What one gentleman said, winter is coming, uh, meaning that there is going to be some softness in the market, the real estate state market especially, and that will be the time to buy not right now. So I felt good about that. And there was just lots of great things, you know, hiring the VAs, meeting the team, learning things like Loom, just different resources. So just a great environment. So essentially you're going to get your life back. Hopefully. I don't know what to do with it. What would I do with it, Jasper? Man, what's, what's out, you know? You might, uh, you might have fun and do all sorts of cool stuff. Yep. Yeah, I might travel to 90 countries. Who knows? Yeah, well, you should come to Barcelona first. All right, very good. Awesome, Steve. Um, great, uh, great stuff, man. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, let, let people know how to find you in Philadelphia. If anybody ever travels to Philadelphia, they should definitely stay with you, of course. So let people know how to, how to find you. Yeah, so our website is www.the letter U, the letter R, the word home, the word in, the word philly.com. So www.youarehomeinphilly.com or just uh, type in your hip, U R H I P. And uh, next to our 4.9 rating on Google, there, you can click on our website and uh, reach out to me. Uh, also on Facebook. And uh, feel free to drop me a line with any questions you have. I'll be happy to be as transparent as I can and help you any way I can. 
Awesome, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hopefully, uh, I'll see you at the next uh, Short Term Rental Legends event. Absolutely, Jasper. Good luck. Where's, where's Country 91, by the way? <laughs> uh, Country 91 is going to be Zanzibar. I'm actually flying there tomorrow. I'm going to be kite surfing. My cousin is actually a kite surfing instructor there uh, for the summer months. So he's going to teach me some, uh, some cool tricks. Awesome. Well, have a great time, Jasper. Thanks, Steve. And to the listeners, thanks for listening to episode number 292. And of course, next week on Thursday, we'll have episode number 293. So it's going to be really awesome. So thanks for listening. And until next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for